so it's not mine. I think I don't know. It's not from a podcast. I don't remember. Well, oh, I think it was where on a did stand- you find it? Was it, it was on the side of the road like a, your other children? Yes, I think it was a stand-up special, and it was "Would you rather uh, on a weekly basis have to go visit your father and kiss the tip of his penis, oh, or would you rather <laughs> once per year blow him to completion?" And there's no copping out. There's no killing yourself or unaliving yourself. Can I kill him? Not alive. <laughs> I go commit die. Uh, he said once a week. put me in prison and I'd have to get a yeah, lot more so completion once, there. Once, yeah. Once a week you'd have to drive down or drive God, wherever your dad is. Or you'd have, to, you'd have to organize. You'd have to orchestrate seeing your father once okay. per week. Once once a week and crown the king. Yep. And you got to give a little nice. Just a little. Or alternatively, if you're a feller on the run, you can just blow him to completion once per year and just call it good. I'm like such a long drive every week <laughs> like, like you know i might just say you know once once a year i already I, I see him more often than that so it's like all right it's the yearly checkup let's go and then i and don't have nothing to saying drive that he there. has to like it or you have to like oh it. yeah okay. no now, of course can i use my hands you can do whatever it takes to because i have a feeling that your mouth has to be involved that's fine i think i can probably trigger him pro- uh, through his prostate I can just milk his prostate. There you go. Real <laughs> and fast. Just, and probably get like maybe three or four good licks in. And, and Courtney just push. Zero to 60. That's yes. all you need. So I think I, I could manage that. Bad. Yeah. Uh, so I guess I am I'm camp probably just <laughs> shotgun blast. So Courtney's dead now, which is really fun. <laughs> Courtney is not responsive. I both, I both hate and love when she goes offline because of something I've said. I feel... <laughs> Like, I've both accomplished and failed someone at the same time. It's but. a little column A, column B, I think, for sure. I'm, I'm sure she's also just envisioning me going, Daddy, who is my daddy? <laughs> <laughs> my boy, Patrick. Did you eat anything sweet? Oh, no, you just have diabetes. That's why. Okay. Oh, God. <laughs> for Courtney and her TikTok fans, it's just the good soup. <laughs> Chowder. <laughs> it's not chowder. It's chowder. Oh. So and Courtney, speaking which, of chowder, uh, which version of hell did you choose? No, we're, I no. don't. I don't think Courtney needs to buy in on that. First, from the look of this, and now I that, had a good now segue that you going. Her, you're going to protect her. Okay. Yes. Yes. So, speaking of chowder and uh, bad soup, Heil come slingers and welcome <laughs> to go. this really disturbing and disgusting installment oh. of the Disinformed Podcast. I'm Shane. I'm John. I'm Michael. I'm Courtney. Yeah, I don't I think like she I... wants to answer that question. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I really kicked off what I'm sure is going to be a disgusting well, can episode. I prov- an, an alternate answer of just like, what if I just blow all three of your dads and we'll call it a day? Yeah, go for it. Great. Sure. Talk my dad, it's okay. <laughs> I mean, I feel really bad for you, but you have fun. Okay, well, this is Wait, a does that count positive. Though? So that means like we don't have to do it. You're taking three. Oh the team. no, you're no. the one. Yeah, that, I was like, I you're like the one who posed this hypothetical, my friend. So uh, it's your rules. I Wait, just... so you mean my selfish prick of a father gets to get two blowjobs a year? <laughs> That's right. Damn that man. <laughs> I'm I'm just over here going like, is it okay if I jerk off and watch? <laughs> <laughs> Now I know. I was wondering what happened to the second hand, but I got it now. Yeah. Okay. Oh my god! Helping yourself, helping him. This question. Yeah. I just i i don't want to miss out on an opportunity. Yeah, That's all I'm go. saying. 
Everybody wins. I, I want to make a multi-generational sandwich at some point, and I'm, I don't have a lot of options. I mean this with no, <laughs> no pun. Too late. Good gravy. <laughs> oh, God. Indeed. <laughs> and since we're on that topic, for the uninitiated amongst you who have not had uh, the opportunity to savor the flavor of this particular show just yet, Please. what we usually do is we delve into a random <laughs> esoteric topic, and in the course of explaining it to one another, we lie about it occasionally just to make things interesting. And of course, it is incumbent upon the co-hosts to call out the lies as they hear them, but if they miss... We have a little denouement at the end where we explain everything that we were not necessarily truthful about. So you do not leave thinking that, uh, you know, some of these things that are not factual are, which As is important we, to emphasize. Which we were accused of before we even aired episode one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> which I'm sure Carly has never listened to this. And no. I don't think she'll begrudge any of us for, you know, me. Fine. Calling her out on it, but bless her. Well, the You're actually like misinforming people? Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, duh. It's literally the and name of the, the show. Point. Yeah. It's the great American pastime. I mean, we're not yeah, politicians, but, but dear I God, mean, we do it well. At the time this show aired, we had someone in office that made that uh, happenstance, you know, just every mm -hmm. single day. So, yeah. <sighs> and speaking of uh, something that was shitty, this is officially going to be the shittiest episode. I am so, in honor of the shittiest president. We're going to delve into something that John has been eagerly anticipating for quite some time. And we're taking this episode to the John, in point of fact. <laughs> pun wholly intended. <laughs> Everything's so, falling into place. It all makes sense now. We are going to discuss the Bristol Stool Scale. Yum. And I have seven oh, no. lies Bullshit. prepared what for you. What the fuck? <laughs> no, it's people shit, John. Oh. <laughs> right. <laughs> You're gonna learn today. Do we have permission to be uh, juvenile and? Um, yes. No. I, so this one is of an the... adult podcast. <laughs> damn it! Serious show. Very. Uh, I think this is uh, one of those where I'm glad that we've had the last two weeks running where we were super slappy the entire time and everybody was ready to go crazy because I built this episode to somewhat lend to that sort of discussion because otherwise this is going to be very bland and I don't think anybody's going to care. But <laughs> it was made for you to present and not Michael's what you're saying. Exactly, because I think uh, we can right. we can uh, have a few tangents uh, around the bend as we go. <laughs> <sighs> like a snake in the pipe that takes your sewage down into the drains, as I, it were. Did I ever tell you one of my weirdest fears when I was growing up? It was when I was living in Michigan, and I saw this... I mean, you uh, have, but I don't <laughs> think I got this one in particular. Um, I was growing up in Michigan, and I think one night on the TV I saw like a, a news article that a snake had swam up. Uh, a plumbing mm -hmm. like a, like swam up the plumbing and someone was going yes. to take a shit and they looked down and there was a fucking snake in the toilet and then for the rest of my life still to this day like when I'm taking a brown I look down and uh, expect to see a, a giant snake in there but it's just poo that Did happened to my friend what what <laughs> yes. so actually it's the house where it happened is not far from where michael lives <laughs> but one of their neighbor snakes got into the pipe and came oh out through god. their toilet oh my god oh. i would literally i i don't know what i would do i feel like people you would talk shit about yourself like... <laughs> no he'd shit the toilet take that snake he slams a lid down it's not like i even have like 
It's not even like I'm working with like a real impressive hog, but the main concern <laughs> is that like the snake would jump up and bite you in the dick. That's all that I think about. <laughs> now I've just got a vision of like John doing what that uh, Florida man did with the trash can and the alligator. <laughs> oh, I saw that today. Because I've got John just picking up a garbage can trying to wiggle the snake into it, like. Come on! <laughs> you Let's know go. you want it. The snake goes in the hole. My sex ed class taught me this. Come on. That's where it spits. That's where it cries. And it was in the bathroom, so I mean, it could have spit all over the place, and your mom would never know. Yeah, I mean, no one would. Who would Until she tried to How clean it know? with the spackle remover. They'll never yeah. know. It was Indeed. the cat. It had allergies. <laughs> Uh, your new nickname is Dog's Not, by the way. So. I don't even care oh, anymore. Good, <laughs> good old Dog's Not John. Call me what right. you want. <laughs> I like that again. It was somebody else's format recommendation. We do this thing in a couple minutes to get into the show, and not today. <laughs> well, yeah. All right. So here we are. Is everyone ready? Yes. All right. Yeah. To me. Get get juvenile friends. As the adage states, all good things come to an end, even our favorite delicious dishes. The sinewy and serpentine <laughs> path from mouth to anus is a tempestuous <laughs> and turbulent tributary fraught with peril, and there are frequently, as John will attest, a series of unfortunate occurrences which befall passengers of the intestinal odyssey. So how does one come to terms with dissatisfaction at the derriere. <laughs> I mean, gastroenterologists in particular required a leg up and not in a squatty potty trademark sense. Uh, I'm referring, of course, to the Bristol stool form scale, the BSFS for short, the seven-point scale used extensively in clinical practice and research for stool form measurement. So it goes one to seven? Yes. That's bullshit. One to seven. One to ten. It is not bullshit. No, it's, it's human. It's, it's one to seven. Because there's not that many types of poop, John. Uh, not everyone is a me. connoisseur. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, John, it's not like Play-Doh, like you function with, where you have machines that make it into creative shapes for you to play with and feed to others. <laughs> Us loggers It's just how it naturally breed. occurs. <laughs> they also don't base off of taste. They only base off of shape <laughs> and color. <laughs> Not texture. John's I'm over sure here. Courtney, yeah, it's a I'm bit sure nutty. Courtney is very is well aware of plating is very 5. important and can impact the overall score. So, well, pre presentation, yeah. I just so don't John... think this episode is going to be traumatizing enough for all of you. I had a colonoscopy earlier this year, and let me Yo. tell you, that was the worst thing that's ever happened to me. Uh, I have nightmares <laughs> of having to have a colonoscopy. I'm not looking forward to that day. I think I'm going to like it too much. I enjoy that. <laughs> that's how I learned. I envision John like turning around to the toilet now since he's talking about planning and just having like a handful of chives that he just splashes into the bowl. <laughs> like, like, I just need a dash of garnish. I've Salt killed bay. Courtney again. God damn it. Yeah. This poo is cleansed. <laughs> Becky He's like an orange slice and a piece of lettuce, like a yes. freaking diner. John's hovering over the toilet, just zesting a lemon on the, so on the, the bowl. On the other weird triggered list of things that give me anxiety about pooping. Um, 
Kristen used to tell me these stories from when she was uh, sh- when she was uh, training to be an EMT or learning or you know in school. Um, there's like a code brown, and it's like for people that pass out when they shit, like because they push so hard. Like it happens, and I think she literally said it is a code brown. Um, mm-hmm. so Tell Elvis died. Whenever I get sick, like actually like flu, you know, under the weather, under the weather, I'm always somewhat under the surface nervous that I'm going to go take a shit and pass out on the toilet. All right, how how far are you into The Sopranos? By the way, have you completed the series yet? No, I'm I'm barely okay. There's season two. There's a capo that passes that way, I think, in the fourth season. <laughs> just hanging out on the toilet, and, and that's how he shuffles loose of the mortal coil. Okay. So you can dread that going All forward. right. What a way. Well, you, way uh, you've go. ruined the dismount from my next line oh, in my I'm script so here, sorry. which says, Prepare to giggle, my gastrointestinally <laughs> challenged colleagues. <laughs> here we go. But I think we've uh, prematurely gotten to the giggles. All right, then. Let's uh, grunt a little and move on. <clears throat> Developed and proposed for the first time in England by Stephen Lewis and Ken Heaton at the University Department of Medicine in the Bristol Royal Infirmary. It was suggested by the authors as a clinical assessment tool in 1997 in the Scandinavian Journal of Gastroenterology, following a previous prospective study conducted in 1992. Was it really that, like, recent? Mm-hmm. Huh. Also, why Scandinavian? I have no clue. It's... Be- I mean, maybe it's, it's so John's weird. people. Maybe. My people. Who knows? But, uh, well, Scandinavian, Scandinavian, I mean, maybe it's uh, there's some hallmarks there. Who knows? Okay. Or no. some grunt right. marks, as I yeah. said previously. It's possible. Okay. But uh, in the prior study, <clears throat> a sample of the population uh, consisting of 838 men and 1,059 women had shown an unexpected prevalence of defecation disorders related to the shape and type of stool. Again, not flavor, John. I'm sorry. Mm, okay. Subsequently, or subsequently for you, Michael. Oh, just thank so you. I, thank all right. You. I want to translate for you. Mm, uh, the authors it. of the former paper concluded that the form of the stool is a useful surrogate measure of colon transit time. Oh, yeah. Because the bridge and tunnel crowd <laughs> really hates it when you get back up down there. It's like, oh, fuck it. I'm not going to make the train. <laughs> There's a great uh, TikTok creator, and she—that's what she is—and she she talks about that a lot too. Mm. Yeah. Colon transit time. Yeah. Okay. Like how healthy your how your how healthy your body is, and you know you know logging when you eat versus when you brown, or logging when you log. Yeah, that's uh, even more appropriate. I like that. All right. Well, I appreciate <laughs> it. We're logging on and moving on. So enter our heroes, Lewis and Heaton. The duo secreted away in a disused dormitory at the University of Cambridge over a two-week period in the summer of 97, seeking the aid of some 66 volunteers. Volunteers were told up front they would be taking part in a lifestyle study, where their daily activities, diet, exercise, sleep, and leisure, would be documented by the doctors. As part of their daily routine, participants were also tasked to keep a diary about their bowel movements, noting the weight, shape, and frequency of their daily duties. 
to aid in collecting consistent data as a baseline, after their first week, certain volunteers were tasked to change their diets, swallow special marker pellets, and in certain instances, photograph any particularly unusual movements. That's actually how Dan Brown got the idea for the Da Vinci Code. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that we got to Dan Brown. I have no idea how the hell the Da Vinci Code falls into this. It's in there somewhere. It's With down the there somewhere. Let me take another look. Yeah. Now, obviously, you are not a golfer. Now, you may be curious, as was I, as to why doctors initially elected to cloy their purpose. Well, allow me to illuminate. Uh, through my research, I discovered there is an established code of ethics in clinical research that is intended to prevent placing people at undue risk of harm for the good of others. Clinical research often has the potential to exploit patient volunteers, and if we're talking about photographing your defecation, that might be problematic. As obvious fetishist amongst us, John, can attest, sometimes <laughs> people do use these things for unnecessary ends. Yeah. But uh, yeah. the purpose of the ethical guidelines is both to protect the patient volunteers and to preserve the integrity of the science, which I know also speaks to Michael's general flair here. Science. Courtney, I'm sorry, there's not really much here for you, but uh, other than your colonoscopy, which I'm sure we can discuss at great length. <laughs> <laughs> or oh, or girth God. or weight, whatever your preference. So... <laughs> Sure, on the whole, it didn't feel too great, you know? No, no, most definitely not. On or in or around. Also, <laughs> depending on the particulars of a study, research risks might be trivial or serious. They may cause transient discomfort, like a colonoscopy, or long-term changes, like John's lifestyle Ch changes. choices. Changes. <laughs> Turn and face the... Strange? Yes, exactly. Yes. Uh, only if you need to photograph it. You know, we're up to our necks in it. Uh, so, the risks can also be physical, like death, disability, infection, psychological. Expulsion. <laughs> it's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> that joke might not get you expelled, but it'll certainly have you serving detention, so... Uh, they might be psychological risks, you know, depression, anxiety. Uh, they could be economic because someone may lose their job by taking part in something without getting everything cleared beforehand. Or social, for example, discrimination or stigma from participating in a certain trial. In particular, if you had to photograph your own feces for a while, that might cause someone to look at you askance. But... It is then incumbent upon the researchers to minimize these risks and inconvenience to research subjects. They maximize the potential benefits and determine that the potential benefits to individuals and society are proportionate to or outweigh the risks. So, that is why we had a little cloak and dagger here up front. Now... The pair of Lewis and Heaton, which sounds like the weirdest stand-up comedy act that I've ever encountered. For sure. Lewis and Heaton, fecal photographers. <laughs> seen sillier stand-up names, I'm sure. How did you mm -hmm. figure well. out what John and Michael's Halloween costume was? I well, kept thinking you know. of Lewis and Clark, though, but that just the might jo be... <laughs> the joke's on you. We don't need an excuse to walk around in public with our pants shitting. <laughs> oh, I just always do that. <laughs> Noted. That's why I wear brown <laughs> pants. I, I thought you occasionally do it, and it depends. 
But, uh, <laughs> no, those they chafe. I don't wear those anymore. Lewis and Clark, Rectal Researchers, the new they, Michael film. Okay. They're so, just exploring a different river. Than... Uh, I thought it was a cave system. It will be. <laughs> Out of the depths. We're going spelunking this evening, gentlemen. <laughs> As above, so below. Oh, no. <laughs> Abandon all hope ye who enter here. So, uh, these uh, gentlemen were possessed of the notion that some of their participants, let's call them stodgy Brits, may take umbrage with a duo of doctors hoping to sneak a peek at their poops. And thus... To avoid the emotional distress or social stigma associated with delving into a taboo as embedded in the general social conscience as seeing other people's feces, they concealed their true intent by labeling the study as one to observe the effect of dietary regulation on overall health. As it turns out, they weren't wrong to be cautious. After a relatively uneventful first week, one participant had a minor meltdown due to the changes in the parameters of his routines. This sounds very Michael-y, so I'm going to enjoy giving <laughs> you the details. <clears throat> Having been asked to photograph his fecal findings due to a rather bizarre discoloration, the subject in question, Alan White of Norwich, refused, eventually even blockading the door to his privy with a collection of wet towels to prevent the doctors from gaining entry. The situation was quickly de-escalated as the doctors informed the gentleman of the motivations for the study in actuality and explained what was going on, and hence their desire to snoop his poops, uh, abiding by the ethical principle of informed consent, which, for those of you who are uninitiated here, involves uh, an individual being accurately informed of the purpose, methods, risks, and benefits, and, of course, alternatives to the research being conducted. And then they understand that the information or they should be able to understand the information and how it relates to their own clinical situation or interests, and then finally make a voluntary decision about whether or not they want to participate or, in this case, continue to participate. The subject in question, Alan, protested that the method of photographing waste was profane. However, he was willing to complete the study to avoid unnecessarily curtailing research that could possibly be a benefit to other people. So he took one for the team. Did he really shove wet towels under the door? Did he really? Sh I mean, how else are you going to barricade yourself in a bathroom, Michael? Yeah. You don't really have a lot of other methods. First time. I mean, I guess, like, <laughs> but I, I don't know. I guess the way that you said it made me think, like, they were trying to, like, poke the camera underneath, like, just trying to take pictures <laughs> under the doorway. It's like, here. No, he's but. just, you know, distressed, hanging out. And, uh, you know, then they're like, well, okay, well, we understand it's a little discolored. You need to you need to snap us a photograph. Never. You're not gonna take a picture of my poop. I'll flatly refuse. And then he runs in there and just starts <laughs> stuffing things under the door. So no, did that they... didn't happen. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, like, did, were they having to come into the office every day every time they had to poop? They were like, "Nah, you got to do it here." Ah, uh, it's pooping time. <laughs> the understanding is, <laughs> there we go. What the, the thing? I'm pooping here. <laughs> I'm pooping here. <laughs> it's defecation time. Oh no. <laughs> so oh, yeah. the. The idea is they only have to photograph it if there's something that is bizarre. Oh. So it's they're only trying to keep track of aberrations. Usually, I mean, if it's your standard operating fare, they don't need to have 8,700 photographs of <laughs> shit in order to determine a baseline. You've got a pretty good idea of what people's feces usually looks like. 
commonly. So sure. if there's just a weird discoloration, which of course, as we know, can happen through any number of reasons based on the things that you eat, when you ate, or there's other reasons which we'll get into later on. But so yeah, it's it's not something they make them do all the time. It's just <laughs> this individual apparently did not appreciate the fact that they wanted him to photograph it. And then if he didn't want to do it, they were going to photograph it. And so then, yeah, this just turned into a thing. But no, he did not stuff towels in order to keep himself <laughs> All right. You'll never take me alive. <laughs> so, Pops out the window. As of right now, here's where we're going to have a little fun, and I am going to share with everyone the oh. stool scale. So oh. I, I want you all to have a moment to, uh, to both appreciate and, uh, and understand what is happening here. Okay. And so here is the Bristol stool scale. Oh, look at those fun little nuggets. And uh, yes, I'm sure that this would just tickle John immensely as we run. So as you can see, uh, type 1 here consists of separate hard lumps, which are like nuts, uh, which are hard to pass. I would like to call these the raisinets of the of the poop brigade. Deer pellets. Yeah, uh, yeah deer pellets. These uh, are all candy bars here in case you're playing the home game. So I mean, we need corn. to have some... <laughs> Corn? You're I jumping mean, the gun here. Sorry. Yeah, I know John's can't compose himself here, so we, we've got to work. both hands, John. <laughs> Thank you. As long as he's not fucking with his feet again, I'm fine. Oh, gosh, just... shit, you're right. Uh, all right, so. So, <laughs> moving past the, the raisinets, moving on to type two, which is sausage-shaped, but lumpy, which has kind of like a nutrageous thing going on for the fans of the Reese's here. It's a lot of fun. Uh, type three, of course, is like a sausage, but with cracks on the surface. So John would liken this to an ear of corn. Yes. Which is important. Type four is like a sausage or snake, but it is smooth and soft as also, opposed to cracked and lumpy. That's the poop I took this morning. Well, thank you, John. I appreciate your contribution to the episode as always. You're welcome. <laughs> we move on to type five, which is what's inside of John's head as opposed to his asshole. Uh, these are soft blobs with clear-cut edges and are passed easily. Type six is fluffy pieces with ragged edges like mushy stool, which is quite fun here. If you all want to keep this up as you move forward, I don't have a qualm with you just bringing up the, the chart to look at. And, of course, type seven is watery, no solid pieces entirely liquid and which i not, appreciate if, it's in all caps yeah i was gonna say if you're, if you're just <laughs> listening and if this isn't a clip yeah all caps which is fucking hilarious entirely, entirely liquid, liquid. <laughs> so uh type six and seven of course are considered diarrhea uh type five is moving in that general direction as well but types four uh and uh three are your common or you know the usual ones but oh, so we'll move on. i did something normal yeah, congratulations. The, the fact that you fished it out of the toilet, smeared it on your cock, and then masturbated is not normal, just to clarify. Well, you're not supposed to try and put it back where it came from? <laughs> well, you missed <laughs> by a few miles, but... <laughs> John, I brought I... you into this world, I could take you back. Did I send you the TikTok of the girl telling the story about the boyfriend who was shitting in the bathtub so he could take a picture of it, and then he would scoop it out of the bathtub and flush it down the toilet? No. <laughs> I feel like I would have sent that to you. I what think the that fuck is on involved. TikTok nowadays? Everything God. Little peppered heart. Anything you of. want. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Get your little chili pepper daughter down here and we'll talk about it. Oh, um, Christ. Are you getting cucked again, Michael? Uh, 
constantly. So, ay, ay, ay. the reason we are, are discussing this, of course, is we have uh, types 1 and 2 do indicate constipation. Uh, 3 and 4 being the ideal stools, as they are easy to defecate while not containing excess liquid. And then 5 indicates a lack of dietary fiber. So if you've got some stuff that's a little loose and not holding together, you might want to try a salad. And, uh, of course, 6 and 7 indicate diarrhea. And then uh, John walking into a restroom should have, like, the uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken-looking motherfucker from the end of the second Matrix film going, like, we have an anomaly. <laughs> yep. Mm -hmm. Except I don't poop in public because I'm a shy pooper. Well, considering the acts that you usually have associated with it, I can understand why. You don't want to get the cuffs on again. Uh, yeah. Or do you? This last time will be the last time is what I was told. So in the initial study, in the population examined in this scale, type 1 and 2 stools were more prevalent in females, while type 5 and 6 stools were more prevalent in males. So that's uh, indicating that apparently they feel women are a bit more uptight and men like are a little loosey-goosey. Yeah, I, like I feel like that's bullshit. That is not bullshit. That is human huh. shit. Again, uh, <laughs> just to point out the obvious. Uh, but no, neither of those things are factually incongruous. That is apparently what they found. Okay. Furthermore, 80% of the subject... I also am inclined to tell you that with Michael's stab here, I think we have actually made it through almost the entirety of the lies. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> okay. So, wow. Damn. Everything from this moment onward is all factual. So Killed it, guys. I Killed feel it. like this is just uh, a misdirect. Bullshit. Uh, no, <laughs> no, I, I don't think I have lies going forward. So congratulations. Uh, you had your shot. Uh, now, 80% of the subjects who reported rectal tenismus, which is a sensation of incomplete defecation, oh, which that. is something I know you were all looking forward to adding to your lexicon, those folks had type 7. Oh, God. So if you've got the, the constant runs and you feel like you're never quite done shitting, there you are. Oh. That is rectal tenismus. Tenismus. Indeed. Mary the, ro tenismus, the royal tenismus. <laughs> the royal tenismus. So these and other data have allowed the scale to be validated. That conclusion has since been challenged as having limited validity for types 1 and 2. To your point, Courtney. Uh, however, it remains in use as a research tool to evaluate the effectiveness for treatments of various diseases of the bowel, as well as a clinical communication aid. The Bristol stool scale is also very sensitive to changes in intestinal transit time caused by medications such as antidiarrheal loperamide, senna, or anthraquinone with laxative effect. Just for those of you who are uh, working at the Walgreens with Michael's parents. This same scale has, of course, been validated in Spanish, Brazilian, Portuguese, and Polish versions. But not normal Portuguese? No, just Brazilian Portuguese. <laughs> okay. Yeah, they're not quite worried about it in Portugal itself, apparently. Or <laughs> Portugal the man, from what I understand, which is just unfortunate for all involved parties. Indeed. But uh, poor dude, hey, he can feel it still. <laughs> wow, Michael! Congratulations! Got a lot of mouths to feed. Don't, 
Oh, now you're. That was no, no. That is never mind. I thought you were talking about a different song. My bad. I got all set. Well, usually okay, when I have I a reference, I feel back. proud reference about myself. Revoked. Every time I say a song title or something, I feel good about myself. You all drop like ten, like just rapid fire, and so like <laughs> Michael, you're trying. Uh, that's, and that's what all I was we just. Could ask. Yeah, I guess that's fair. Michael, you're still standing. Better than you ever did. <laughs> Looking like a true survivor. Dude. Feeling like a little kid. Mm-hmm. You're yeah. still standing after all this time. Picking up the pieces of your shit after all you've left behind. Please stop uh, standing. That's all I'm asking. <laughs> so. The bathroom, for God's sakes. <laughs> you have a family. <laughs> it's not your own. It is oh, nuclear, honest. though. Uh, a version has also been designed and validated for children, in case you're asking, Michael, and I know you were. <laughs> yeah, you sure got me. You knew yep. me better than I did. Well, you needed a reason to start photographing all the things happening in the bathroom, so... Oh, that was for John! I don't you play Battleships anymore. No, not the John. It was for John. B7. You sunk my battleship. Battleships. <laughs> All right. Pun intended. Uh, m- more recently, in September of 2011, a modified version of the scale was validated using a criteria of self-assessment for ages six to eight years of age. I don't know why you would trust a six-year-old to wander into the restroom, come back out, and then give you a full depiction of what occurred <laughs> in the toilet bowl in order for you to contribute to a clinical study. I can't fathom why that happened. You should ask John's mom. He was doing that unprovoked. Yeah, I was doing like little hand paintings, though. (laughs) Finger paintings. But she never caught those because by the time she started cleaning them, he had already been smackling the the bathroom. (laughs) Or spackling, not smackling. The lore of my childhood is intricate. (laughs) And there are layers. (laughs) Like an onion. Smackling is a word I need to put on the Cucked by God shirt, and I need a definition smackling. from you. Smackling. Smackling. John was smackling the bathroom. Ugh. It's when I... you smack and spackle at the same time. Oh, Indeed. God. Just a handful a little just slap the wall. Okay, so it's a smack-spackle. Kind of like okay. we all know Crack just from whip. the term waffle stomp what that means. Right? What? Do you know what that means, actually? I, I I don't know the actual meaning, but do you know the okay? The, the I do actually. One? Yes, I well, I yes, I know the dumb one, but I can tell you the origin of the phrase is that the pattern that is on the underside of a boot, if you've ever seen, to give you a better grip. If <laughs> you step into mud, moment. it does the same imprint that it does when a waffle iron falls down onto the batter, so and hence it is a waffle stump. Just slightly huh. different than when you take a poop in the shower and you need a way to get it down the drain. <laughs> what? I don't. don't do why this. is it a waffle? Because you I, usually you have the filter at the bottom of the shower, so you. you know, John, you would love our shower. It barely has any blockade. Also, I should mention I don't that shit in my shower, so I, I won't. Lie. <laughs> <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> Not in this economy. <laughs> I can't I afford it. To... I have AT and T. He rents that apartment. He can't. He can't afford it. Yeah. Wife privilege. Now, I will tell you, though, while John does not shit in his shower, he does do the redneck power wash. 
That's the red oh. <laughs> Is it means that you don't actually own a toilet brush and you just try to pee the uh, dried feces off of the side of the toilet bowl. That was a younger me. <laughs> Last week. Now he's sophisticated. That was a younger me. Oh, he's a sophisticant, all right. No, yes. younger. It was this morning. <laughs> we I was a different day. man. <laughs> I we had really... waffles. We really had a missed opportunity by not bringing Dewan on this episode to promote bidets because that's his greatest passion in life. I, I wrote that down on the side. <laughs> Literally, I have a note right here. It says bidet equals key because I agree with that statement. The bidet is the most important thing that you could treat your butt to. I Dewan's, wish we were sponsored by any And a bidet. squatty potty. His birthday potty was sponsored by bidets. It was fucking hilarious. His birthday potty? Exactly. Also, uh... <laughs> Casual reminder to listen to the Country Brothers podcast. They just started season two, and they are sponsored by uh, Triangle Space, which is just like Squarespace, except it's run by boomers that don't know how to work the internet. So. Also, I'm very upset that they're stealing my bits. I'm I'm getting really incensed by this now. It's all so good. I'm, we'll uh, we'll find we'll find a bit of theirs to steal. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> I can't do one. I'd actually have to show up to your shows like you show up to mine. So, moving on. Damn. So, the uses of the Bristol. <laughs> I love that that gave Courtney like the screamer face. <laughs> Obviously, we love Dewan. <laughs> yes, that is the point. If we can't tease each other, this world has no use for me any longer. So, the uses of the Bristol stool scale, since I know you were just salivating at oh, the possibilities. Good. Firstly, commonly used for the diagnoses of irritable bowel syndrome. So the research conducted on IBS in the 2000s, fecal incontinence and the gastrointestinal complications of HIV have used the Bristol scale as a diagnostic tool. It's easy to use even in research which lasted for 77 months. Uh, historically, the scale of assessment of the feces has been recommended by the consensus group of Kaiser Permanente Medical Care Program from San Diego mm -hmm. uh, for the collection of data on functional bowel disease. More recently, according to the latest version of the Rome 3 criteria, six clinical manifestations of IBS can be identified. These four identified subtypes correlate with the consistency of the school, which can be determined by the Bristol Stool Scale. I tell you all of this specifically so that Michael can experience what his fucking episodes sound like <laughs> from an observer perspective. Yeah, I, I, I checked that. I that really... was... But why was there only four that... You said there were six. Yeah. Welcome to your episodes, Michael. But... I, I thought I sounded a little, a little bit more cohesive, like coherent than that. You're like wrong. it was boring. So, uh, at this point, you might also be curious as to what the fuck Rome has to do with anything, and allow me to enlighten you, and not via your bowels. But the Rome process and Rome criteria are an international effort to create scientific data to help in the diagnosis and treatment of functional gastrointestinal disorders, such as irritable bowel syndrome, uh, functional dyspepsia, and rumination syndrome. I'm not going to tell you what any of those things are because I'm fairly certain unless you have them, you don't give a flying fuck. But <laughs> rumination, I like when you ruminate, aren't isn't that like doesn't that mean that you're like 
thinking you're thinking of you're thinking of cattle uh, is the more common usage here, Michael. Where if you're not familiar with that process, it is they lurch their food from their stomach into their mouth and then chew it further to help in digestion. That is what rumination oh, means. Oh, it God. also, as a connotation, uh, means that you are bringing a thought back up and reconsidering it, which is what you're referring to. But yes. the root of the term is from that. So it is a gastrointestinal huh. process. And a problem in humans, because you're not supposed to do that. No. <laughs> no. So back to Shit Eaters Anonymous here without uh, dragging huh? John too far down the road. The Rome Diagnostic Criteria, of course, were established by the Rome Foundation, which is a nonprofit organization based in Raleigh, North Carolina, USA. Not in Rome, Italy. No, far from it. Rome, Georgia, maybe. But uh, the variations in publications, of course, one through four, were created to account for material which had not been previously included as most folks who follow any scientific studies will attest, uh, including more sophisticated methods for diagnoses and offer conclusions developed from evidence-based rather than consensus-based data. And that is all that I am willing to delve into because I have another 12 paragraphs here about all of the detail that I can go into <laughs> on why this rationale is useful, and it's handy for folks to know, folks to know, for folks to know what kind of stool they have and why. But I have another subplot here that I'm going to dive into because I'm not a clinician, nor do I intend for any of our audience to be comprised of clinicians. So I'm sure none of you care. This was just a joke that I had to cope with in one way, shape, or form. So, moving on to your poop and you. Yes. Oh, everybody poops. <sighs> so we're going to talk about color. Oh, uh -oh. they have a very interesting thing here. So they talk about shape and consistency on this Healthline article, which is a lot of fun. Uh, marbles, caterpillar, hot dog, <laughs> snake, amoeba, soft serve, and Jackson Pollock for diarrhea, uh, which I think is Courtney, a lot of fun. Jackson, Aren't those no. all the names of characters in Stardew Valley? <laughs> no, <sighs> but it'd be better Soft if they were. Serve. I will include this link in the show notes for all of you who want to follow along because this is very entertaining. But uh, so here is the scale for your poop and you for color, and I have a reason for bringing this up right here to broach because your I have. Again? I will if you are in, uh, you know, if you need it. I'm. A, I, uh, He's a I visual like learner. This. I'm a visual learner. All right. <laughs> So, uh, I, I apologize in <laughs> advance, so but here is here's your poop and you. This is on a palette. Good. Just or, like a John's I like house. The ors. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So we got the colors. So uh, super green. We'll start from the top and work our way around clockwise. Uh, is uh, you ate greens or you're passing too fast? <laughs> it's handy to okay. know. A little green is okay. You know, shit happens. And. A certain shade of green, as Incubus would bring up to us. They would. Indeed. And then any shade of brown, that's any. So this is going to excite all of the UPS workers and John, of course, again. Yes. Any shade of brown is acceptable. You're all good. You don't got to sweat it, bro. Yellow, you probably have too much fat. Uh, you have some malabsorption from your intestine, or you suffer celiac disease. And that's just oh. not fun for anybody. No. Oh. Uh, Interesting. 
Red is you recently watched Shaun of the Dead, <laughs> or you ate red things, or you got hemorrhoids, or possibly uh, bleeding in your lower intestine, and that is also very problematic. You might want yeah, to talk not, to somebody. Not good news. No, no, no. Good news for people who love bad news, possibly. Oh, boy. Now, uh, if you have pale white clay-colored shit, you are either a pigeon <laughs> or your bile duct may be blocked. Oh, man. And uh, I don't see that either of these would be positive. I can't fathom a human being that had white shit. Ugh. No, I that think... sounds so bizarre. I've seen... I've... <laughs> He's seen a lot of shit in his day. It's the great white hope. (laughs) I was dating somebody and their mother came to visit and uh, I had stayed the the night, not with the mom, whatever. (laughs) The mother had used the restroom before I had gone to use the restroom and hadn't flushed the toilet. And I walked in and the whole toilet was black. And I had never, I thought it was a myth up until that point. Um, So... Seeing I, pale, like, I don't know what would be more concerning for me. If I walked in and it was all this, like, weird marble shit or black shit. Well, uh, black shit, you, you've stepped on my story, but uh, I, I like that the prompt was fathom white shit and you went completely the other <laughs> end of the spectrum. Oh, sorry, my brain just worked like I, I was trying to, like, what would be more me. jarring for me to see? You know, like, what would I be more concerned? I do think that pale white, like, because I don't ever expect to see that in my entire life, I think that would shock me more. Pale white poop sounds like a Prince song that just never got published. <laughs> it also could be a band name. I got to it with the pale white poop. I with the pale white poop. Yeah, I got this. I'm writing it next week. It's going to be great. Look for it. SoundCloud. Feathered Fiction Audio. It'll be sponsored, uh, I guarantee. <laughs> it's so, a lab. And speaking of shit, uh, black is a problem, as John just mentioned. And uh, that means either you had some licorice, uh, you are taking iron supplements, or uh, bismuth medication, or you're bleeding in your upper intestinal tract. Casual. Uh, uh, this also it's can denote bleed. dehydration through alcoholism. Yes. Which is something that we'll discuss in my story. So, okay, we'll end all of this here. But this is how I originally was led to the Bristol Stool Scale. I was opening a, a university library on a Sunday morning. I was the first person into the building. And I learned, while I was doing a quick sweep in preparing uh, the building to be opened, that uh, the folks who closed the building the night before had elected to leave me with a bit of a conundrum. There was a string of human feces that led from the entry door of the men's room all the way into the stall, as though a human being in a very canine-like fashion had just dragged their ass across the floor and just left smears and hunks of material, and all of it was jet black. God. And what's even better is I attempted... To put something down, on it, the possibility that I might be able to just do a quick wipe and get the, the bulk of the material up. It had frozen to the floor because the air conditioning was so cold that it had chilled it to a rigidity that meant it was not movable. Wow. What do you what do? You do? I you left it. I, I put uh, <laughs> some caution fit. tape over the door and I said that uh, I was going to wait for facilities to come and clean that shit up. Because that was not my job. And uh, so, 
the story gets more intriguing. So I went back to the info desk, and being a library worker, I started to investigate what could conceivably cause black stool other than having sold your soul to Satan. Uh, or maybe, you know, like been a pirate that existed for generations, having stolen from other people to the extent that they are literally just shitting oil. And apparently, yes, I found the Bristol stool scale, which denoted the uh, shapes, sizes, and then color, and discovered that this could be someone who was suffering the effects of alcoholism and the dehydration was having an impact on their intestines' ability to process materials. And uh, I don't know what would have compelled the individual to scoot themselves across the floor just shitting the entire time, but it happened. The postscript to this story, which makes it memorable to me to this day, as I am still emotionally scarred from this, is the <laughs> evening be. supervisor arrived at around four o'clock. He went into the restroom to, you know, discover what I had cordoned the thing off with. By the way, this is also like six hours after we'd opened and it still had not been addressed by facilities. So it speaks wow. to the uh, efficacy of the place that I'm employed by. Uh, and... Uh, so this gentleman whose name was Henry, bless him, he had been there, you know, before they had history at school. Uh, he had probably worked for this university for probably 35 years uh, by the time he retired. So he was uh, as close to an institution as he could be. He went in of his own volition and proceeded with an exacto knife to start scraping the material off of the tiles of the floor. Getting no. shit done. That is the most dedicated. He had also scooped vomit out of a urinal at one point with oh, his hands. No. Oh, oh. And I have never been that dedicated to a single fucking thing in my life. No. I was going to say, there's a lot of things I love, but I don't think there's anything that I love that much. Uh, an inbound trigger warning for folks who are as squeamish as I am. At one point, I watched my sister-in-law use one of those little bulbs to suction out one of my niece's nose, and I almost completely puked just from the sound. Um, yeah, that's a weird soft spot for me, too. I don't know why that fucks me up terribly, yeah. but yeah. drainage. Oh. Or Wait, um, you're talking about like a turkey baster? No, Basically. they have these little bulbs <laughs> that you use for babies to help clean out their nasal passages because oh, you can't exactly tell them okay. to blow their nose. Yeah, turkey yeah, basters yeah. for kids. Yeah, same, okay. same. Okay, yeah. I got it. Generally. Uh, yeah. John uses them on the weekends if he needs to titillate himself a little. Ooh. Jenna's Anything grandpa used to use it as a, um, like an enema. A turkey baster. I mean, if it works, it works. <laughs> now, did uh, did his grandpa also have one of those easy little nipples that would pop up to indicate when he was done? Or It's a great <laughs> question. <laughs> same. It gets multiple things out of him at once. Inquiring <laughs> minds want to know. <laughs> But uh, so yeah, a that is. There, huh? <laughs> oh no, my red nipple popped up again. Oh, turkey's there done again. Yeah. There go my nipples again. <laughs> so yeah, that is how I was originally exposed to this Man. glorious topic, and why you, the lovely listeners, have also been. So I apologize for those who had to squirm your way through this. I thought if you thought Heidnik was bad, I'm gonna make sure that you hate me for the rest of your lives. So there we are. Does anybody care to <laughs> wager a guess as to what my lies were? Uh, no, I was I was too enamored by the shit. I got one, so I'm I'm good. <sighs> Always uh... resting on your laurels, tiny though they may be. 
it's all I got. It's all I can hope for. Hope for. I was gonna say my past two episodes, I feel like we've we've had a clean sweep. So at least you got one on the one that I yeah, I loaded uh, up. You're you're at the top of your game. I'm trying. All right, uh, Courtney. Nothing. Um. No. <laughs> well, I want to tell you, I told Melissa this up front because, like, this is a house of cards right here. So if you start chipping away too heavily, this is going to be a problem for me. But uh, they didn't conduct any studies like this. Uh, they they basically just uh, they had sixty six volunteers that they just had keep a daily diary of their duties. So uh, they never secreted away to the University of Cambridge. So that was lie number one. They they never spent any time there. They were developing this in the summer of 97. But yeah, they never actually cordoned anybody off and had them in. So this wasn't really that sort of trial. Uh, volunteers were not told that they would be taking part in a lifestyle study uh, at all. I stole that <laughs> from Michael's previous uh, topics discussing uh, the uh, the water remembering. <laughs> got it. Too okay. much fun. Yes. Homeopathy. Homeopathy. I just wanted you yeah. to say that. That's why I didn't oh, okay. do it myself. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, <laughs> I love hearing you say it every time. So, yes, uh, I, I stole the idea of people having to track their humors and, and run through the process. So, basically, what really happened is they had a group of 66 volunteers, and just as part of their routine, they were asked to just keep a diary of their bowel movements, noting weight, shape, and frequency. Uh, and then uh, they were not told to uh, change from a consistent baseline. So this is the third lie. They were not told this. We have to have you do this in order to keep consistent data. They just said, while you're keeping your diary, we're going to change your diet. So we're going to have everybody eat the same thing. And then you're going to swallow these special marker pellets to help us determine when the food is making it through your body. And then in uh, in occasional instances, they may ask for a photograph. But the photographs for just anything that was unusual did not happen. So that's also lie number four. So all of these things were kind of just stacked together initially. Well done. Uh, Furthermore... The idea that this uh, individual took umbrage with them photographing his feces at all didn't happen at all. So Michael got partial credit technically because the portion of this is like a smidgen of line number seven. So <laughs> number five is that they had no problems with anybody complaining about taking photos of their poop. They knew full well what they were getting involved in, in the first place. Uh, they did not do this to avoid the emotional distress or social <laughs> stigma attached with photographing feces. None of that happened. So that was lie number six. And of course, lie number seven was the gentleman having a conniption fit and being upset. Alan White is the drummer of Oasis, by the way. So he would probably be perfectly down for anybody to photograph anything that he was involved in because that band is not as relevant as it once was. Wow. Well, when yeah. you're stuck in the stall. Never mind. I was trying to make a joke about Wonderwall and it it, it never mind. But no, when you originally said like the uh, the social stigma I literally thought like they were going about their own business, and if they stay say stopped in public to take a shit, they had to take a picture. So they take out a Polaroid, and like you know, you're minding your own business, and then the person next to you, you're, you know, that sort of thing going on. You'd be like, okay, this guy's a little weird. Mm. So I I bought that lie pretty like well, and then I got confused when you were talking about him like barricading himself but off again, in the bathroom. Michael, I told you that all of these people were cordoned on a college campus so they could be studied. Yeah. 
And so they wouldn't be going out in public. Yeah. I think almost fair, I stranger is that someone would be walking around with a diary that you have to keep on your person so that once you have finished a bowel movement, you have to stop and go, okay. Consistency <laughs> chair. <laughs> Sit in the other stall, you just hear that, and consistency, weight, or, or like a splashing noise. Okay. Hmm. Decent, this one, solid. This one's colored like a zebra. That's interesting. <laughs> Don't, I must I have eaten like... It is the holiday times. So maybe I had me a candy cane before I ate. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> actually almost sounds like something that you'd actually see on, like, a prank show or something. Candy cane shit? No, no, like, where someone is just sitting in a stall or standing in a stall, and everyone else is, like, passers-by, and, you know, so this is uh, zebra-colored. That's interesting. Like, they're just trying to be, a, like, make a scene of sorts. It's a bit splodgy. I don't know how I got orange in here. That's not on the scale. Also, just because we made it this far without the reference getting in or without the joke happening, I'm just going to say cup girls and just leave cup girls in the episode just to exist. <sighs> okay. Because they were the original people that studied shit. Uh, well, that still happened well, much after this. But Yeah, you know, that, they, that's I like where your no one would go. Okay, no. that's fair. That um, is true. No, technically, I mean... Cup. They took testing to the next step. Uh, John, yes. Scheisseporn has existed, particularly in Germany, for years before that. the prominence of that particular They brought video. it to the mainstream. Well, no, they, they did so... not, because VHS actually contained this for a good portion of the 80s, which is a further topic that I have for you oh, all you on like the horizon. Porn? Name five. Well, <laughs> first a Scheisseporn, which was published... six. <laughs> No, we don't do sequels, Michael, if you remember. Series don't count. I think there was Smacklins, which was uh, Michael's home production that was from 1987. Sounds like a a knockoff of Gremlins. Um, Number three, since you're interrupting, is uh, Doo-Doo and My Die-Die, which I believe was John's favorite film when he was growing up. It was. Sea Shits Volume 1 was my favorite. I mean, the sequelizations were okay, but I mean, when you're just pooping on a boat, it is the poop deck, in fact. So, I mean, you want to make sure that you can get all this stuff done. And then finally, there is The Shit Stab, which is number five, if you want to go in on this. It's it's Shit Shanking, I think, is actually what it was originally called. The Shit Stank. Shit, shit shank. stank is probably better, actually. The shit stank redemption. Kuba stank, shit shank. Yes. The yeah, new tour. Anywho. Well, thanks. Yeah. Oh, no. Thank you. No, you're very welcome. Because this is all your fault, John. I just want you to know that. Thank you. The, the sheer volume of times that we have mentioned materials either going into or falling out of people's asses. Yep. He's led us to this. Proud of those numbers. Proud of every one of those Gotta numbers. Gotta keep those numbers up. <laughs> it's the weirdest call center I've ever been a part of, and I don't want to continue. So. Seriously. Yes. Well, ladies and germaphobes, thank you all for being here as per usual. I'm I'm glad that I was able to keep this roughly under an hour because I don't think I could have milked this anymore. No. No, no, certainly not. And uh, we went a little nutty here. And sometimes almond joys have nuts. Sometimes they they don't, and that's just a mound. But uh, <laughs> we we hope that you are all enjoying us, and of course, 
If you have enjoyed the podcast thus far, you should probably, uh, you know, give us a little subscription on your preferred podcast provider app because we are winging your way with new material every marvelous Monday. And uh, if you're if you're digging us, give us a little rate and review. We'd love to hear from you. Furthermore, occasionally on Wednesdays over on the tubes of you, we will have video components to this podcast, which are also very entertaining or we'll you know, subject me to watching a video about someone ordering French fries for a, a hobo to pleasure him over. And that's Ooh, uh, yeah. a grand old time. And uh, my apologies to everybody who stumbled onto that thing unawares. <laughs> but uh, you can also uh, go over there and give us a little love, and Michael has instructions for you. Oh, uh, leave a comment, uh, leave reviews, you know, all that fun stuff. Engage, please. Just engage with us. It's It's how we know... If we're doing things right, if we're doing things wrong, Michael, you have tell one, me how to improve. You have one catchphrase. You got one. Oh, and I thought you were telling me to like smash that like button. Thank you, you disheartening yeah, fuck. Could you sound more? Dif- we don't so- do that during the usual podcast. I'm we just trying the- to give you something to do with your time other than make bad jokes, Michael. I'm sorry. <laughs> Next nope. time, I'll just avoid jail <laughs> at all costs. <laughs> Most people try and uh, they don't succeed. Well. I'm looking forward to putting more shit in here for you to edit later. Ooh. <laughs> Man. Smash that cuck button. And, uh, <laughs> so, uh, you can also find us, of course, on all of our socials. There is a link tree in the show notes that you can click to follow, and I don't have to plug any further. But Courtney is doing the Dark Lord's work over on the TikToks these days, and it is very entertaining. So you get to see us doing this ridiculous show from time to time over there and all of the nonsense that flows into and out of our mouths on a regular basis. So so go check that out. But uh, before John gets another yawn out of his system, I am going to... I have no idea where they're coming from. (laughs) Shut the fuck up. So... I believe that is going to wrap this thing up just like a nice handful of toilet paper back in the 20th century. So for the disinformed and defecalized podcast this week, I'm Shane. I'm John. I'm Michael. I'm Courtney. You do do and you die die. Mr. Michael. Ship it a boop. Wanted to do something different. I'm oh sorry. my god! Zip it, boop. <laughs> uh, listen, Bing Stick Crosby's aborted child. You should probably just get your shit out. Play it as it fucking lies. Zip it, boop. Zip. Zip it, boop. We're out of here. Shut the fuck up, you reject from a goddamn reality factory.